Welcome in. This is After Hours here on 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. However you choose to listen, we thank you. My name is Chris Nocero. Joined by my guy, Julio Sanchez. Doing all the hard work on the other side of the glass. Julio, it's been a, it's been a while since we did a show together. What's going on, buddy? It's good to see you, man. All right, you Got like to catch you like, up a little bit before the show. You like the uh, the, the I, intro, I do, right? A little been, throwback it's, action. It's been some years right? since I didn't open the show years. with that one. You're welcome. That was during I think my about uh, you all the time. See? During my hot take era here at six ten. Well, I don't know if that era's ended, but <laughs> here we are. No, I don't do I don't do I don't do nearly as much as I used you, to. You reeling it in now? I, I'm I'm much more base than I was. All right, then. all right, we'll see. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, you will be the judge of that. I was not planning. It's a good thing I was here way early because I was not supposed to come on till seven. No, no players only show tonight. No players only tonight. We, I didn't we know that. Danon, but that's all right. I did not know that. We're, so I just was, as good. I know? was planning on coming in here at, uh, at, uh, I look, I, I'm generally one of the guys that comes up here very early. I came up here straight after my, my day job. So I was is that like, a shot okay. at me. Is that, is no, that I feel that, like that's not, a shot you, at me. You, you come f- straight from your day job. Usually too. Though you've kind of been on the, the work close, from home kit. You know, I cut it close. Yeah, you cut it close. You're you're usually right before the show starts. You've a few times that we've done buffer. shows That's together. Need, no, a few times you've come in with like a one minute buffer I, you know, or I've been doing this long after enough. the show starts. I know what I'm before. doing. I walk in, I do my job, I go home, you know? I'm just kidding. You do. Bring my lunch you, pail. I'm good. You, you know? do. You do. But you show up very close to, to report time this. here. I got this. Very close to report time. I got it. So, yeah, we got uh, three hours of uh, show here for after hours. No players only. Uh, it should be back next week, I think. I assume next week. I believe week. that's correct. Maybe in two weeks. I, Maybe. I'm not sure. If we feel like it, we'll I see. I don't know. I mean, I. TBD. Yeah. TBD. I, I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It'll be it'll be back. Um, but, yeah, three hours after hours tonight. Uh, we will. Keep you updated on the uh, Bears Panthers game taking on taking place tonight. Do we have to? Yes, we have to. Well, you don't have to, but I want to. I have it on. Um, Sounds like a terrible game. It's not a good game. <laughs> Why did they put this game on Thursday night football? Because Thursday night football in general is awful. Yeah, but like you can still have a better matchup there. You can have a better matchup with either of these teams. Putting both of these teams on Thursday night football. <laughs> Together at the same time, terrible decision. Yeah, well, the viewership is probably still going to be better than anything else. Oh on, yeah, I mean on TV. Yeah, so, and even you know, though it's on, it's not on traditional cable or like a traditional streaming television network. It's on Prime. Still, it's it's going to do well. It's probably going to do over ten million. Actually, no, maybe it might be just under, maybe like nine million. But still, it'll do pretty well. Um, so we'll keep you updated on that if anything interesting happens. Obviously, from the fantasy standpoint or betting standpoint, we'll keep you updated on that. This microphone is uh, keeps I'm, falling. I'm struggling here, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> one of those nights, <laughs> apparently. It is making a lot of noise <laughs> when I move it. So, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, but, obviously, we got to talk about the hometown team, Kansas City Chiefs. 7-2 uh, and two going into the bye week. Um. I don't know if anybody, if I'd have told you go into the bye week, Chiefs are seven and two. I don't know how many Chiefs fans would have complaints about that, especially because you're on top of the AFC right now. Um, you have a, a 
mathematical tiebreaker with the uh, with the Ravens because you have a better record in the in the AFC versus you know versus the rest of the AFC than them. So you are in great position right now. You are in control of your destiny, which is as good as it's gonna get in the NFL. All you can ask for is to be in control of your own destiny. The Chiefs don't need help from anyone to get the the home field advantage that they have enjoyed the last few years, hosting the last five conference championship games. They're in great position. They ain't got to worry about a whole lot right now. Um, And I find it interesting because you kind of take inventory of how Chiefs kingdom feels about this year. And it doesn't feel like we're rooting for a seven and two football team. It feels like we're rooting for a team that's like the Bills, that's five and four, very flawed, and isn't winning games that they should win. And yet, you look at the Chiefs and they are in control of their destiny. And that is all you can ask for right now. Like, I get it, they got problems. Their wide receiver issue is a problem. And we'll talk more about that later on the show. But right now, this team is still the class of the AFC. And the fans are kind of, it just seems like they're treating it like they are, like it's 2015. Feels like the worst 7-2 and two team in the history of the NFL. Yeah, so it, that's, right? that's kind of how it feels like the fans are treating it. And I get it. There's flaws. Every team in this league has flaws. Every other team out there that you're watching, like you hear like this week, the the flavor of the week is the Ravens because the Ravens, same record as the Chiefs. Again, you know, Chiefs have have better tiebreakers. That's why they're in first. But all you're hearing about, oh, Ravens are the team to watch out for. Oh, look what they did to the Seahawks. Look what they did to the Lions. The Lions beat the Chiefs. They destroyed the Lions. I get it. But you got to remember, Baltimore ain't done nothing in the playoffs. During the uh, during the Lamar Jackson era, there, I believe they have one playoff win, which is in 2020, the the revenge game from when the uh, the Titans were stomping all over their logo during the regular season. They got them back in the playoffs, and then they stomped on their logo, which was great. It was, it was great karma, and it was a it was a great football moment. Not a whole lot of substance though in the playoffs for that team. Chiefs, on the other hand, battle tested. They've proven that they belong here. Um. I get the concerns. I get the worries. I understand that this team is not, uh, they're, they're not Georgia from last year where they're just blowing everyone out. They are a team that is very flawed. They are a team that is beatable if they don't play their game right and the opposing team plays just well enough to win. That's every team in the NFL. Look at the 49ers. The 49ers, they looked like they were they were the best team in the league a few weeks ago. Since then, they've had some injuries, but they have not played well. I remember we were t- people were talking about Brock Purdy potentially being a great quarterback. He has not looked great since then. Like, like he has looked very mortal in the last few weeks. Every one of these teams has got problems. We've seen a lot of teams over the years have problems. A year ago, the Chiefs had problems. A year ago, we were talking about this wide receiving core. A year ago, we were like, well, hopefully we can get some sort of elite production from a Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Schuster or a Marquez Valdez Scantling, or hopefully we can see something from Sky Moore as the season comes along. And, and Juju did get better and did improve and, and start to produce some more in the second half of the season. Uh, Quez, he is who he is. You know, he's number two. He's not great. He's talented, but you know, doesn't always perform the best. And Sky didn't really do much last year and he's not doing much this year. Uh, they had problems a year ago and they still went to the Super Bowl and won. They will always have problems. They are not like every team out there is going to have their issues. And I get the concern that people have, but every one of these teams out there has got some sort of imperfection that could prevent them from winning a championship. And and then there's this other narrative that I've heard about the Chiefs it's really kind of started to creep up here in the last month or so. And it's about Matt Nagy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. And people are trying to pin the blame on him for the struggles of the offense. Which I would understand if we were talking about a team that had a bunch of veteran wide receivers that were really good and had been consistent producers and then after you make the switch from Bienemy, who leaves and goes to Washington, to Matt Nagy, who returns after a stint with the Bears as their head coach, I completely understand if in that situation, like let's say they, they still had the same cast of characters that they had two years ago with Tyreek and Sammy Watkins. Well, in this case, like Sammy was washed in 21. Um, but you had a similar cast of characters, still had the elite guys at the top, and the production was going down. And... Nagy was the one calling plays, then yeah, I could buy it. But to me, the criticism for Matt Nagy feels like it's scapegoating. It doesn't feel like it's people genuinely trying to attack the issue with the Chiefs offense, which is a lack of experience with the wide receivers that the team is prominently featuring, a lack of chemistry that those receivers have with Patrick Mahomes, plus a lack of trust there. And also, I I think that Andy's kind of keeping things a little bit more advanced for these guys and not really allowing the guys to find a role and get used to that role. He's kind of changing these guys around and putting them in different positions. He's still tinkering. Wide receivers. He's still tinkering. And and when Andy does that and Andy moves guys around to have some play different roles that they're not used to, you're going to have some growing pains. Let's if we're going to put the blame on anybody, let's put it on Andy. Let's not put it on Nagy. Nagy he calls doesn't the call plays, the, right? No, he right? doesn't call the plays. Andy right? calls the plays. That's like, what I thought. It'd be different if Matt Nagy was the one that was in charge of the offense. He has a title, but he is not the one that's actually facilitating that role. We all know Andy's the one that's doing it. And I understand why fans don't want to blame Andy because you don't want – because, like, in our – in sports – Whenever we want to blame someone for something not working out, typically it's like, okay, we got to fire that person. Offensive coordinator, oh, the offense isn't working. Let's fire the offensive coordinator. Like people have been doing that with, for, with Spags for years now. Oh, defense isn't doing their job. Fire Spags. Now you're hearing people talk about firing Dave Tobe. Uh, the, the special teams isn't as great as it was. Uh, fire Dave Tobe. It, you don't have to fire people just because the, 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 the quality of the work that they're doing has kind of gone down. 
It's not like the play calling is terrible. The play calling just isn't as great as it could be. The Chiefs still have a top 10 offense in the league. Scoring, they're, they're 12th in the league, so it could be better. They have red zone issues, which is going to happen when you have a ton of inexperienced receivers that don't really know how to get open. And Andy's still trying to call the offense the way that it was two years ago when you had Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and all these other veteran guys. You don't have that now. You have a lot of young guys that are still learning the NFL. I get it. But we're obviously not going to fire Andy. So it just feels like Nagy has now become the person to blame because it's easy to blame him and he's got the title. So at least we can kind of look like we're smart by blaming him for the offensive struggles. I get it. He's not the one to blame, though. I think at the end of the day, we put it on Andy. We could put some on Veach for sure because Veach is the one that has assembled this wide receiving crew. And didn't pursue any real, like, top-end veterans. You know, we can point to the DeAndre Hopkins situation. And if they had Hopkins, I don't think this would be as much of an issue. Maybe Hopkins isn't what he was in Arizona or when he was in Houston. Maybe he is what Juju was last year. So he takes a step back. That's fine. That's good enough. You won with with Juju-level production last year. So we can point to that and say, hey... That was a mistake by Veach. Next year, you know, next offseason, maybe let's spend some money at the wide receiver position. That doesn't mean you got to fire people, though. And I kind of feel like that's why Nagy's getting the blame because everyone's like, fire his ass so we can get rid of him and then we can dole out some punishment to somebody because we can't do it to Andy. Doesn't it feel like like there's... So there's... There's a... So... Your first point, right, of of the Chiefs being nine and two, of seven and seven two, seven and two, and and having expectations, and then who to blame, right, on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, and Matt Nagy being the the low hanging fruit, yeah, he's the, right? the easy person to blame. The the problem I feel like it, the underlying problem here is just expectations. It's just fan expectations, and and it's it's honestly a a good problem, right? That they have raised the bar so high, and we expect. I, I, I kind of relate it to like KU fans. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you I, have you're, a you're certain expectation right with that, with that of what basketball should fans, look like and what Chiefs there. football should look like. And they have not met that this year. The expectation has not been met. And we are spoiled as fans, right? And it's just not what we're used to now. And, and that's, that's okay. As fans, we have the right to, to feel that way because optically speaking, it has been uglier than normal Chiefs football. Yeah. I, we also have to stay a little grounded and be realistic with our expectations. Remember the bad days when you when we're when we're complaining about these good days and being seven and two and and being first in our division. Look, let, let's just think about those hard days when we, <laughs> the Tyler Thigpens of the world and such. Like, so we just just need to reel it in a little bit. That's all. That's all. Uh, another That's person, somebody on the uh, on the J Southland Tow Service text line, uh, which is 913-586-7610 if you want to weigh in on this conversation, says that this conversation is making me wonder about the wide receiver coach. I wonder if he will take any blame. I mean, I'm sure that like internally he'll take blame, but what like, does he have to work with? But though? the thing is, is again, he and can't that, get, he what, can't what, force those guys to. He can't make Sky Moore create cushions, right? Sky Moore doesn't have he can't it. He have, doesn't have it. He can't make Sky Moore catch the ball in the back of the end zone that when the ball hits his hand, right? I yeah. mean, what what do you want him to do? He, he can't, can't make them run the right routes because they can't learn the damn playbook. He can't make Kadarius Tony not right? get injured. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like like there's certain things that are just are just out of it's in the players' 
control at this point. Plus, I think it's kind of hard to quantify the impact that yeah. Connor Embry, the wide receivers yeah. coach, has. We don't know. We we don't. I've, I don't go to chiefs practice. I don't see him coaching. I don't, I don't go into the wide receivers room when they watch film and hear what he has to tell these guys. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I think this is an, an Andy issue. I think Andy is not maximizing his talent that he has. I think he's still trying to call the offense. Like it is the same offense and it's not, he's got younger guys. And instead of making things easy for them, he's trying to just put them in and say, hey, I need you guys to learn fast. And when you put guys in that pressure situation and say, hey, you got to learn everything as quickly as possible. You can't expect everyone to thrive in that there's situation. There's going to be struggles. Yeah, there's there going to be some struggles. struggles. I mean, we've seen Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice has taken to it very well. And, uh, and I say this every game. They should probably use him a lot more than they do. And they have so, been. Yeah, they they've they've they started to to um give his raise his snap counts and whatnot and give him more targets, but he deserves a lot more than what he's gotten because he's buying by by far their best wide receiver. And hopefully as time goes along they'll they'll start to realize it and say, hey, let's let's feature him more. But I, I think right now they're still trying to figure out if they can get something out of Sky and KT. And I don't blame them because when you see the guys I wouldn't, I wouldn't put KT in <laughs> When you see KT with the ball, it's exciting <laughs> when he has the ball in his hands. He just doesn't get open that often and he's always hurt. So I at least get the enthusiasm that the Chiefs have with guys like that. Coming up next, there's one guy in this in this Chiefs organization I don't think has gotten enough credit for how he has performed this year. And I'll tell you the, who that is next. Players only with Dana Hughes, Thursday night starting at 6 o'clock on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. How you doing, ma? This your song, ma. Yeah, come on, ma. This your song, ma. We could get it on, ma. This your song, ma. This your song, ma. This your song. Back in here on After Hours, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. A little over a half hour until, uh, well, actually, it's probably a little bit over an hour. I, usually those games are like 7.15 or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, we're a little bit less than an hour away from Panthers and Bears. Much anticipated kickoff. The much anticipated kickoff between the Panthers and Bears. This is this could very well be a game between uh, two teams battling now for the number one overall pick. It's true. This is hundred percent true. Which is funny because like the Bears are going to be in a tough situation because they're going to have to make a choice on Justin Fields. Do they want to use the number on, one right? You got to start uh, over. You got to start over. Get something for Justin Fields and start over. Right. I mean, I don't know how much you're going to get from him. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much you're going to get for Justin Fields. I mean, uh, Trey Lance got a fourth round pick. You're certainly going to get more saying. than that. That's what I'm I don't know about that. I look, I'm not a Justin Fields fan, but he is no Trey Lance. Let's not. Uh, yeah, he's, that's, not, that's that's he's not as bad as Trey Lance. He's not, he's, I, don't know if, I don't know if he's going to get more than a third. Like. Who is going to give the the Bears more than a third for Justin Fields? You'd be surprised. I mean, I, he, he hasn't played he, he hasn't played terrible. He's not been yeah he has an outstanding te- quarterback. He actually has played terrible at times. At certain points, he yes, actually, but he has also yeah, shown has flashes played, of brilliance. He has shown flashes, but he has also played terrible too. Um, somebody on the on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line said, 
that uh, uh, Nagy has never had a good offense. Fire him before Andy retires. We need Kafka back. Really? First off, Nagy was the offensive coordinator in 2017 when Alex Smith had his best season of his career. He called the plays that year. So you're wrong. He's never had a good offense. You're like, that's blatantly wrong. Um, and then we need Kafka back. Why? What is what, what? Kafka was the quarterback's coach. He never called plays here. And then he claims, uh, and then I, I said, like, have you seen the Giants offense play? It might be a she. I shouldn't say he. It might be a she. I don't want to. I don't want to discriminate. Some women do listen to our station. Said Dayball is in control there. Last year, not bad either when they had had a line. No, they were mediocre at best last. They were the 2010 Chiefs on offense last year. They were not a great. I offense. mean, the Giants are doing things this year. They are right? doing, doing a lot of things. They're doing a lot of bad things. Do, I, I didn't say whether they were good or bad. I said they're doing things. <laughs> they're doing a lot of bad things yeah. this year. Yeah. Somebody good. actually pointed out the Bears have the uh, have the first rounder for the uh, Panthers this year. So the really it doesn't it doesn't hurt the Bears at all to to win this game. It actually is good for them because they can they got two chances now. It's a win win for them. It's a win win. It's a win win. Yeah, it's a win win for them. Uh, but yeah, if 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 Dable's the one that's calling plays in in New York, why would you want an offensive coordinator that's not calling plays to come back here? And be the offensive coordinator and then be the head coach and waiting for Andy Reid. Did, did he, he not get Mitch Trubisky into the playoffs? Yeah, he did. But that was more the defense right? than, than uh, it's. I mean, still, like he, that's a he, feat. Alex Smith, that's a feat. he, Alex Smith, Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs. He did. He did what he had to do. He did what he did. He did do what he had to do. I mean, I, I put more blame on Mitch as to the reason why they didn't work out than before. And certainly now with Justin Fields, we can see the. Fields just doesn't have it. He he. Whenever he drops back to pass, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't know what the defense is doing at all. Yeah, but to be fair, he has no weapons. He has no offensive line. Weapons. DJ Moore is a very good wide receiver. This year he does, but last year he did not. Well, and he he still has a terrible offensive line. Yeah, well, this year he has weapons, and he's and now their defense is worse. Their defense is not substantially worse. But like that doesn't. That doesn't stop him from playing well. That that can stop the team from winning. That doesn't stop Justin Fields from playing well. He's not. He's just not good. Like, I think we can kind of write write that off. Now, maybe if Justin Fields gets into a better system and gets like a great play caller, you know, maybe maybe something happens and it gets more support. You know, I mean, look, C.J. Stroud is doing amazing things with a Texans team that's not. They have a lot Stacked more, but they have a lot more talent than I think people want to give them credit. For. Yeah, that's probably true. Like Nico Collins was a good wide receiver who was waiting. But he's still to a third or fourth round pick, I think. I mean, he's not right. He's not. I mean, he's not. He's not. He wasn't one of the elite guys, but he was a very good receiver. Tank Dell has really started to come out there in Houston. Like he's got some help there, and his offensive line is not terrible. Like they're not great, but they're not terrible. And you know. CJ was my favorite quarterback from this past draft. Like CJ's really damn good. And you know, he was a great passer when he was at Ohio state. So, um, you know, but I, like I said, if, if your argument is let's bring back Kafka, let's get rid of Nagy. Let's bring back Kafka. Even though Kafka has done less in his career than Nagy has, you don't have a good argument. <laughs> like you're just blaming Nagy to blame Nagy. That's just, that's all you're doing. You're just blaming him because you don't want to fire Andy Reed. Even and you want to fire somebody, and that's why you're mad. Like that's all it is. And I I understand, I get it, 
I completely understand the reaction because in sports, sports trains us that when someone's not doing a good enough job, you fire them, you get them out, and you just change directions. I don't know. I mean, you you watch a lot of soccer, uh, Julio, and in soccer it happens all the time. I mean, you see coaches all the time get fired. Like, if you're coaching one of the top teams in the world and you have a bad month to start your tenure there, you're gone. It's it's over. If your team underperforms a month, two months in, you're out of there. It happens all the time. And we see coaches all the time are only there for maybe a year and they're out. And a lot of times they'll quit because they know they're going to get fired anyways. So they'll just throw two fingers and get out there before they get fired. Happens all the time. But so I, I, I that's kind of the thing that we see in this sport too, in, in sports in general in America, is that our first instinct is we got to fire somebody. We gotta we gotta hold somebody accountable, uh, just because someone we gotta hold somebody accountable for this seven and two record. Yes, Chris, that's what needs to happen. We gotta hold someone, someone accountable needs to pay for this, for this top seven and two record. We gotta hold someone accountable because and, and this top three defense. Yeah, someone needs to pay for this. Someone's gotta pay for us not having the uh, top ten scoring offense. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I understand. But, like, we're mad over some really trivial things. I mean, seriously, if five years ago I'd have told you that the Chiefs would have two Super Bowls in three appearances and we'd be sitting here at 7-2 and two at top of the AFC and we're talking about firing offensive coordinator that doesn't even call plays. We expect another Super Bowl. I get it. That's, I do, too. That's where we're at. I do, now. too. Okay. But I'm not willing to. I'm this not, mediocre nonsense. I'm just not ready to go out here and it's start saying, here. let's fire a guy who doesn't have as much of an impact on the team as the head coach because we need to fire somebody. Because we're not, we're not doing what we need to do. We need to fix our issues, not just fire people just to satiate our uh uh, our unreasonable anger because the team isn't winning pretty and the national media isn't giving us the credit that we feel that we deserve because we aren't winning sexy. Like, who cares about – I don't care about winning sexy. I just care about winning. I do. I do. No, you don't. I mean, you, actually, I, sh- I should say yeah. you probably do because you're a KU fan. All about the optics. You're a KU fan, and KU fans. What do you mean? We have expectations? I, I, you know what, Is that what I, you're you saying? I wonder if the KU fans. Is that what you're saying? I wonder if it's a KU fan that was talking about firing Matt Nagy because you guys <laughs> do care about the optics. That's, pro- that's fair. You probably got that's, you probably That's probably a fair assumption. Them. All right, coming up next, I will tell you who is not getting the flowers that they deserve for their performance for the Chiefs this year. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back in here on After Hours here on 610 Sports Radio. Chris Nocero, Julio Sanchez. I, I think that person was a KU fan. Because <laughs> they should they said I should be fired after I said that. I think you hit a nerve. I think I hit a nerve. I think I hurt their feelings. <laughs> Personal tax on the text line. I know, you know? right? That's a, that's how you know. That's how you know. When they start talking telling you you should be fired, that's how you know you hurt their feelings. I'm not gonna let you talk bad about my feather my fellow <laughs> brethren like that. It'd reel it in. 
He's prob- that person has probably called for Bill Zelt to be fired five or six times. After he just got offered his lifetime just got contract. Offered, they just did, no, they, they, they already had it. They just they just gave him more money on it. And it, it over the 20 years he's been the uh, – the uh, head coach for the Kansas basketball team. I guarantee you that person has called for Bill Self to be fired no less than five times. Can't can't disagree with that one. No Not less than five times. Not at all. <laughs> Expectations. Chris. I mean, I get it. That's I, what it's all about. I get it. I mean, I, I completely understand. I mean, I root for Florida. There's expectations there. When the team doesn't live All up right, to you it, can you, just get stop, you can just no, stop no, right no, there. No, we got rings. Let's just stop we right there. We got rings. You're going to shut your ass up. We got rings. Florida. We got rings. I I get it. <laughs> so I want to I wanna give some credit to someone in the Chiefs organization who I think is not getting their just due. Someone who's gone above and beyond what we expected from them, and I haven't heard enough of praise for this person, and that person is defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola. Man, last year, this time last year, there were people on this very station calling for his head. There were people all over Twitter. Now it's called X. I I still call it Twitter. I'm going to call it by his government name, not not by the the new (laughs) name, the name that they changed it to. It's good. It's good. It's a good pull. And I have seen so much. Like all last year, you remember, every time the defense gave up a touchdown, fire Spags. Fire Spags. Why is Spags still the D.C.? For the Chiefs. They ended up finishing with the 11th ranked defense. And the defense was a crucial part of why they won the Super Bowl last year. Very big. Came up for them real big against the Jags. Especially against the Bengals. I mean, the the defense was the star of the game when they played the Bengals in the championship game last year. This year, they've been the star of the team. Aside from Mahomes. Outside of Mahomes, they've been the star for the team this year. And I think you got to give credit to Steve Spagnuolo. His scheme has been on point. He has really kind of because, like, I mean, you hear me and Bink talk about a lot on the uh, Character Concerns podcast. Make sure you uh, download and subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and we talk about it all the time about the kind of people that Steve Spagnuolo wants playing on his defensive line in his linebacking core. In his secondary, the man is, he's got certain types of players that he likes. And since he became the defensive coordinator since 2019, he's not been supplied with those guys. He has gotten very slowly in waves the the level, the kind of talent that he wants for his team. And we finally are starting to see that payoff. Slowly but surely, the defense has improved. Two years ago, they were 27th in the league in total defense, though they were top 10 in points scored. This last year, they were just outside the top 10. This year, top 10 points allowed, top 10 in yards allowed. And right now, you could say that the defense is really the strength of the team, the thing that's carrying them along. Now, I couldn't say you should say. Yeah. 
You should. You should. Hey, hey, you're right. You, you should be saying the defense is right now the biggest strength for the team because the offense is going through some things. They're figuring some stuff out. That's on Spags because Spags is the one that is because he's not just copying what all these other teams are doing that are that are elite. He's not copying what the 49ers are doing. He's not copying what the Ravens are doing. He is kind of pushing things a little bit backwards while everyone else is playing man. I mean, zone coverage and not blitzing and, you know, basically saying, Hey, we dare you to throw it against eight guys in coverage. Spag's like, no, I'm going to press guys at the line of scrimmage. I'm going to blitz all the time. I'm going to play a lot of man coverage. Chiefs play a decent amount of man coverage, especially against like that game against the, the, the dolphins. All you've heard about the dolphins is, Oh, you can't play man coverage against them because they'll burn your, your DBs. And you know, once they beat the press, they'll just get open down the field and they'll kill you. Nothing I mean, through the timing off of all those deep routes. There were, there were times where guys were open, but Tua wasn't able to get the ball to him because the timing was thrown off on there. Tua was harassed the entire game. He held onto the football longer than he had all season long in that game last this, this past Sunday, they put him into a position where he had to think instead of reacting and it worked. And that's on spags. That's all game plan. That is identifying a weakness in a, the best offense in the NFL and then exploiting it to help your team win. They held a team that scores well over 30 points a game to 14 points. Spagnolo is not getting the credit that he deserves. And I think, I hope more people here at 610 do it. I'm sure some people are doing it to some extent. I need to see more of it. Apologies are owed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Apologies are owed. Like I said, there's a lot of people out here who, over the years, fire Spags, fire Spags. To be, to be fair, the previous few years of him coming on board, it did... It seemed like it took maybe halfway through the season for the defense to catch up to the offense. Yeah. They they eventually, right. he was able to work his full scheme in, and in the second half of the year, the defense was always better. The difference is he's got talented players on that side of the ball that have been now in the system for a few years that he can now use. He's got an outstanding defensive line, and he's got a couple of outstanding D-backs. I mean... He's got the players that that perfectly mold to his system. It's not it's not all experience because they actually have a lot of youth. I mean, they do a but ton of youth, and they got to speed really yes. quick. Talented like, draft classes, yeah. Like those three DBs that they took last year. Well, the three corners they took last year, they drafted overperformed. All quickly got up to speed yeah. by by midseason. Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, and and Trent McDuffie were getting. Tons of playing time, playing majority of the snaps, if not all the snaps on defense. And they were comfortably able to be like, okay, we'll put you in single man press coverage with no help over the top, and you're good. Like in the in the AFC championship game, Jalen Watson's pick that he had, where he just hopped up over T. Higgins and pulled the ball out the air, he didn't have any help on that play. It was him, and that was it. If he doesn't get that, T. Higgins catches it, gone. Like that's the play. That's what happened is that he was able to win and he's a rookie going against a veteran who's been one of the best receivers in football over the last few years in T Higgins. And he was able to go win it one-on-one with him. Another time, Brian cook comes over and tips the ball up. Joshua Williams picks 
picks it off. And if not for a great shoestring tackle by, by Brian cook, the chiefs are probably in scoring position off of that possession. There's a lot of things that Spags has been able to do with the right talent. And his scheme has been something that has been very different from what most teams are trying to do in this league. And I think he deserves more credit than what he's getting. And I hope that people who are looking at this team and, and judging their performance are able to see what he's done and give him his credit. Because I don't think we give the coordinators enough credit when they do well, or at least at least the defensive coordinators. Like the offensive coordinators get a lot of credit when the offense is great and they're the one calling plays. Obviously, you know, we see what happened with Matt Nagy. You know, if if the offense ends up turning it around, he's not going to get any credit for it, but he'll get the blame when they when they don't uh when they struggle uh, as an offense. But I still think when they do well and we know that they are the key reason behind it, like Spags is, he should get his credit. And I hope more and more people uh, who sit in this room and also people out there who are fans of this team who are regularly consuming it and talking about it on various social media platforms, give Spags his due. If you were the person that was saying he needs to be fired a year ago, I think you should be giving him credit because his scheme, the way that he's calling this defense, it's a it's the big reason why this team is in the position that they're in. And I think if you're going to criticize them when things aren't, aren't going great, I think you should give them praise when things are coming up next. I, th- I have a theory about bills, quarterback, Josh Allen. This might be a little hot takey. I'm a, I'm going to, I'm going to weigh in here. when We come back next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Amazon flew out Jason Kelsey for this. This Thursday night matchup between the Panthers and the Panthers. second sexiest man in sports. They flew that man out to go. And I mean, I don't know if he's, it does. I don't know if he seems like he's the most interested in this or not. Why, why would he? That's such a random game. Like that's just a random game to have Jason Kelsey. In. He just looks like he'd rather be anywhere else than talking about this game <laughs> yeah this is uh yeah this is not maybe maybe i'm just because i'm just reading body language i'm not actually like hearing what they say because i i gotta talk on the radio for the next now almost two hours my watch is uh my watch is dead um yeah this is just this is a weird game to have jason kelsey at by week though, so maybe they're. You know what? I bet you they're because uh, he's got that. Remember he did that that uh, that documentary with Prime. Maybe they're giving him a a, a, a trial here. They're giving him a, a test run here at the desk. Do you think the uh, the Chiefs and Eagles both got bye weeks on the same week? You think that's just a, a coincidence? Oh no, no, they planned it. They planned it. All right. I mean, I think that they wanted to because like. When they play next week, I mean, that's a heavyweight fight right there. Yeah, it is. That's a, I mean, think about it. Yeah, Chiefs-Dolphins in Germany was a big heavyweight fight. That was like the most anticipated game 
on the Chiefs' schedule pre-bye week by far. Now you've got another heavy, and then the Bears are wearing them ugly ass orange helmets. That's ugly. Um, they should get rid of those. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely think that. I mean, look, they they plan all of this well. Most of what we see during the regular season is like planned, like the uniform combinations that they wear, planned well in advance. Like I was actually watching a documentary earlier. They planned it. They 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 have to submit the uniforms for each week by like the end of May. So yeah, most of this stuff is well in advance. Um, so yeah, I I, I want to get to my possible hot take. I don't think it's hot take. You can be the judge of this text line and and obviously Julio. I think the Chiefs broke Josh Allen with the 13 second game. That's, he's not been bad. I don't know that that's a, that he's not been bad. But he has not been like Josh Allen doesn't feel like the same quarterback that he was pre 13 second. He game. has not progressed. He's no, 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 he's the same. But it, yeah, I think he's slightly regressed. I think he's reg- not. I mean, if you look at his statistics, you couldn't you wouldn't tell like his statistics are still great. The problem is that he, he kind of reminds me of Russell Westbrook when Kevin Durant got hurt when they were both That's playing in Oklahoma City. And all of a sudden, he just started playing hero ball. And then he won that damn MVP with the triple-double. And he's like, I'm just going to do everything I can to help the team win, but I'm going to be the one that helps the team win, not anyone else. And so when you watch Josh Allen play, what does Josh Allen do? He tries to play hero ball. He chucks the ball down the field into terrible, not none of these receivers are open sometimes. Like, I don't know what the hell he's seeing. He chucks it down the field and he just takes some of the most dangerous, unnecessary risks when he runs the football where he's like, I'm going to just dive over everybody. I'm going to run gonna through those, yeah. this linebacker. And it's like, dude, you don't have to do that. Like just run out of bounds, slide. What are you doing? You're going to shorten your career taking some of these damn hits. And Josh, I I think, because, like, you got to think about it from the perspective of Josh Allen. When he played the Chiefs in that game, he left everything on the field. Like, Josh Allen could not have done a single thing more except win the coin flip. That's the only thing he could have done better in that game. He couldn't have done anything else better in that game. Like, he played the best he could. You got maximum Josh Allen in the 13 second game. And it wasn't enough to beat Patrick that had to hurt. Cause he's very competitive. He's a, he's a very big trash talker. I don't know if you, you watch the game that the bills played most recently. And as he's running into the end zone for a touchdown against the Bengals, he's pointing at a he defender. A he got a flag for it. <laughs> yeah. He's pointing as it, he's super competitive. This is a man that, the minute he steps on the field, he's very competitive. When he gets hit hard, he pops up and he talks trash to the guy that hit him, which Mahomes will do that too, but not like Josh. Mahomes ain't pointing at a guy when he's running in the end zone. Mahomes is usually very humble, but he lets some of the some of the petty Mahomes leaks out every now and then. Not Josh Allen. Josh Allen, he just lets it all hang out. He's like, he's the guy who will try and tell tell you that he's better than you during the play. And that competitiveness has not fueled improvement in his play, but it hasn't changed, but it has actually fueled his effort. And so he's trying really, really hard 
to elevate his play, but he's just not doing it. And so when you're trying hard to do something and you're not improving, you're just straining yourself. You're doing too much. And I kind of feel like that's what's happening when he's playing, when he's, when he's done the last year and a half, chucking the ball down the field that guys aren't open and taking reckless, dangerous hits that he should not be taking. But isn't, isn't some of that on Sean McDermott? Right uh, for well, maybe not adjusting. Well, McDermott's not an offensive guy; he's a defensive guy. I mean, but he's the head coach. Yeah, I mean, but that's you, on Ken Dorsey. You got to adjust like, some Dorsey's of that stuff. Dorsey's the one man. that calls the plays. McDermott is a defensive guy. He's not the offense. It's not like he's calling. He doesn't have a play sheet there, and he's you know it's laminated, and he's covering his mouth calling plays. That's Ken Dorsey up in the booth that's doing that. But it's ultimately his call, right? And and the game plans ultimately fall under under him. So to not. I don't, and I don't know. We're right. We're not there listening to the play calls. We we don't know the playbook. We don't. But it doesn't feel like they're necessarily, like some of those runs are built in. Some of those might be a little Josh Allen kind of just doing his own thing. But a lot of those are designed run plays for Josh Allen, and the offense yeah, runs but through the, him, and maybe it it shouldn't. Well, the design plays are fine because he's usually not that reckless on those plays. It's when the play breaks down. And then he has to improvise with his legs. That's when it's a problem because that's when he decides he wants to play hero ball. That's when he decides that he's going to be Russell Westbrook with, you know, three, three feet behind the three point line, chucking up a three that he's not very good at hitting. That is when he starts doing it. When he decides he's going to try to hurdle defenders and instead of going out of bounds or sliding, he's lowering his shoulder and taking hits and messing his hands up or messing his shoulder up or whatever. I mean, I guarantee you that man has to play through a ton of pain because he takes some really bad hits. And I remember watching Cam Newton do that years ago, and Cam Newton didn't even last a decade in the league. Like, he's he's been out of league since, since the end of 2020. Actually, no, he played a little bit in 2021, like half the season with the Panthers, and that's it. But he hasn't been the same quarterback since – after the after his MVP season, because those hits started to add up because he was being a little reckless. And I get it. You're trying to do what you got to do to help your team win. But once you start playing hero ball out there, that's a problem. And we've seen a little bit of hero ball from Patrick Mahomes this year. Some of the time, you know, he's had a few interceptions where he's just chucking the ball down the field. And it's just, it's never good. That stuff never works, especially when you don't have great receivers. Like, like Mahomes has a little bit of that hero ball in him. But, man, I think Josh Allen, ever since that 13 seconds game, it has really just thrown him off. And now he's kind of trying a little bit too hard to make the magic happen, and he can't do that. Part of that's on the guys around him because, like, Gabe Davis hasn't uh, improved his play. Gabe Davis is the same guy he was two years ago. Dalton Kincaid, though, is helping things out. He's actually starting to really break out now for them. But, yeah, I think Josh Allen, I think ever since the 13-second game, he is not the same guy that he once was. Coming up next, I have a theory as to how the Chiefs can fix their offense. I'll tell you what that is next.